So, Patrick Mahomes today signed a 10-year extension worth, at minimum, $450 million. At maximum, right around $520 million. Now, that's including the two years he has left, so it's a 12-year deal. It is until the year 2032. I'm not going to say 2032 because I don't feel like that gives it enough value. 2032. I will be... Almost 40 years old. I am nowhere near 40 years old right now. I might be dead. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to make it to 40. Don't get it twisted. But if we want to put this into perspective, I'm going to give you the contract numbers for guys two through five and the biggest contracts in NFL history. At number two, you have Matt Ryan, five years, $150 million. <laughs> At number three, you have Khalil Mack, six years, $141 million. At number four, Russell Wilson, four years, $140 million. And number five, Jimmy Garoppolo, five years, $137.5 million. Petty Mahomes has tripled the previous largest contract ever signed by an NFL player. And that's if he gets the lowest amount of money he can get on this deal. It's absurd. It's ridiculous, and it is the best contract any team maybe has ever signed any player to because you yeah. now have 12 years of dominance. No matter who you put around them, they're at least going to be good enough. No matter who's around them, you could put the you could mix the Eagles receiving core with the Packers receiving core. Sands Devontae Adams last year, give it to Patrick Mahomes, and he's probably going for 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, six picks, and taking his team to the AFC Championship game. He's that good. I know. A lot of people don't want to buy in on guys who have done it for two years. And I think mostly everybody's bought in on Patty Mahomes, but maybe not as this transcendent, one of the greatest arm talents we've ever seen, one of the greatest really? quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I from talking to people every day, and you know, I've talked about this on the show before, but I'm a bartender and most of my job is talking sports with the people sitting at my bar. There's a large group of people who will not say that they see one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. What about Brady? What about Manning? What about this? And it's like, sure, I'm not downplaying those guys when I say that. But after two years, I can look you in the eye and comfortably say, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Does it help that he has Andy Reid? Of course it does. Does it help that he has Tyreek Hill? Mm. Of course it does. But guess what? If he was on the Chicago Bears for the last two years, he probably has two Super Bowl rings, and that's without Tyreek Hill or Andy Reid. He's that that good, guys. If they if he asked for $600 million, they should have given him $600 million. He's essentially being paid a third of the cap. <laughs> and I would pay him, and I'm not, I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating, if he asked, I would give him half of the cap space on my team. If it's $120 million, I would give him $60 million a year. He's that good. And now, I mean, how many Super Bowls are they going to win in the next 12 years? What do you think the low side of that is, two? Uh, yeah, low two, I think reasonably four. Yeah. So then all of a sudden he's 33 years old with five Super Bowl rings. And who is Tom Brady? Like, It's just uh, – have like 30,000 yards passing. 
he's he's just ridiculous. Uh, who's besides for obviously the guy who's going to make five hundred million dollars over the next twelve years? Who do you think the biggest winner in this is? Uh, besides Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, any whoever's dating Patrick Mahomes right now? <laughs> oh, that chick, the yelly chick. The I don't know. I, I am. I, I certainly do not know. But there's going to be some sort of nice diamond necklace waiting. I've got it down to two people. I think it's either Tyreek Hill or Andy Reid. Because now Clyde we- Edwards Hilaire. It could be Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's <laughs> yeah. about to get like his whole career. He's going to have Patrick Mahomes for forever. Day one. That's awesome. Dynasty. Dynasty. Get ready for it. People love him now. Six years from now, he's going to be looked at like Tom Brady. People, you're either going to love him or you're absolutely going to despise him. Because if there's one thing sports fans do, it's get sick of winners. Unless you're the San Antonio Spurs, for some reason, they get sick of you every time. I think that people dislike Brady for different reasons than why people don't dislike the Spurs. I'd be really surprised if there was any – there hasn't, in my opinion, been any angle to dislike Patrick Mahomes outside of a purely racial angle. Yeah, and you're right up to this point, but when he has four Super Bowl rings and he's knocked your team, your team, your team, your team, and your team out of playoffs four out of the last five years, then everybody has reason to hate him. With success brings hate. Are you actually successful if you don't have haters? Wow. Well, that's a that's a question for Twitter. I don't have the answer to that. It's like Plato said, are you successful if you don't have haters? It's it's the it is the question. It's the question of life, really that is. I want to say like I don't think that he gets a whole lot of bonus points for having Andy Reid as his coach, you know. I don't think that affects him too much. Or as much as we as much as people are going to say. I mean, Tom Brady had Bill Belichick, uh Drew Brees had Sean Payton. Like, you know, no, you're right. Every, all the elite quarterbacks have great coaches. That's why they stay where they are. And honestly, up until this point, Andy Reid's kind of been a loser up until like the exact six that months that he's been living. Loser, loser feels a little strong. Yeah. I mean, he's the, one of the worst time clock management coaches in the league. But other than that, he's almost a perfect head coach. He's just really bad in the last. Like, I think that's a new. I think that's a new idea for people. I I, I think. I mean, he's what twenty years into a successful like, NFL coaching. To be career? like a pantheon, like S tier NFL coach. I don't think that that's been the case until he's won a Super Bowl. And like, I think that people are yeah, correct. That that's yeah. the way it works. So, but for he's sure. been around for a long time and had great quarterbacks and not won Super Bowls. So. Yeah, yeah, but he's also created a lot of those great quarterbacks in my opinion i mean don't forget what he did with alex smith he turned that guy into a really damn good quarterback yeah but i think alex smith was a pretty decent quarterback through most of his career i mean you know a little a little one-dimensional but certainly a good nfl quarterback he was decent and then he got with andy Reid, and that offense became a legitimate offense and it was it was strange it was really strange at first because i remember that first year it was something like he only had two touchdown passes to wide receivers the whole year. But he also had like 3,800 yards and a bunch of touchdowns and not a whole ton of interceptions. But I just think – I think you're you're giving a little too little credit to Andy Reid because he is That's like fine. the ultimate quarterback coach. 
He's just like he's just like such a parody of a football coach. He's like Matt. He's like Matt Patricia. He's just comical in that. Of course, he, that guy's a football coach. He literally looks like Big Cat's coach, Dugs. Yeah, he looks yeah. the exact same. You want to get to questions? Oh, good. I thought you were going to ask me questions about Dugs, and I was going to have to very politely inform you I don't give a shit about. I, I I don't either. I think it's entertaining, but I haven't like watched. Any yeah, of it. yeah. I mean, it's we're all just trying to fill the void, you know. Yes, exactly, dude. He had like one of the highest watched Twitch streams ever. No, I know he. He's good. He's good at his job. He is good at his job. Because. And I wish he would do it somewhere else, but I know that he is like a, a partnership now in Barstool. He's like making yeah, big owner bucks. What would Spotify pay him? I mean, a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure where you are going with that. Yes, I agree. Spotify would do what they did with Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons and just open the checkbook and say, what does it cost? You know? Yes. Yes, so. All right. How do you feel? How do you feel about the fact that we're going to see a lot of Barstool in Detroit? Why? People, oh, because Greektown. Yeah, the company that bought Barstool, like the private equity company or whatever that got its hooks into Barstool, uh, owns Greektown. It's that same company, uh, and so because of that, there's already been you know Detroit's embraced sports books. They're one of the first cities to add a sports book here in the city uh, since the legalization of gambling at whatever Tigers level. are doing it in the stadium right now. Just yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I read. Yeah, they're putting it in the stadium. I think that uh, we're gonna see see a lot of that. See see a lot of them. How do you feel about that? I love it. Anytime there's more sports gambling, I'm there. <laughs> Give me a box that I can look at odds and bet on sports, and I'm there. Um, I just it's always been to me. Uh, and just to get like a tiny bit political here, I guess it's always been to me that like, as an adult person, if you earn your money, you should be able to spend it on what you want to spend it on. And whether you're making a stupid decision and gambling your money away, that is your stupid decision to make. And we've all done it. I think we've all lost a little bit too much money gambling. Um, but like, that's okay. I learned from it. You and most people probably learn from it. Don't don't make a law that says you can't gamble because it's bad for you. That's just silly to me. Um, now, where it could get tricky is when you have somebody who's 11 beers deep who put $250 on Miguel Cabrera to get a hit, and then Cabrera steps up for his fourth time with two strikeouts and a ground out and strikes out for the third time. And then all of a sudden, that <laughs> dude who is 11 beers deep gets like a little bit violent. And I do think at some point we'll see that. I just hope we don't see it too often. Uh, Theoretically, in a free society, you need a reason to make a law, not to not make a law. So, I mean, I guess uh, logistically or what's the word? Ideologically, I'm with you that sports gambling probably could be legal but i also agree with you that there's a weird murky gray area involving children or people who are easily coerced because of whatever reason uh i don't know i i don't have the answer to sports gambling man that's i don't have the answer for you i got a scenario for you there's so what i'm guessing it'll be it'll be a little screen set up at like the top of your section that you can go look at odds and bet and you just put your credit card in and boom there you go so there's a prop bet. Will somebody streak on the field? Plus 900 for yes. What do you do? You have a thousand bucks in your pocket. What do you do? Do you do you spend the thousand dollars, hand your friend your ticket, and go run onto the field? There's no way. There's no way they would do that. 
But what if it's just like Bovada? It's just like a Bovada machine that the Tigers get an X amount of percentage of because then they'll have it. I think that I just don't think that they would ever put give me give me a different example because I, I just think that that one's like there's no way. They they I would never you're do it. Right. You're probably right. You're probably right. So I don't give think another, I, no. Give me just give me another example of what you mean. I just think that that's like no. It was a, it was just a specific question, okay. just like a wild question, because like a moral dilemma. Okay, let's just say they did have it for fun. Let's have this conversation. Okay, so you, you have, have to basically like blow into it to get it to work. Is what yeah, you're saying. You have a thousand bucks in your pocket. Okay, it's plus nine hundred. You see it on the screen. You make. Not eight thousand dollars profit, nine thousand dollars total. If you get this right, do you print that ticket, hand it to your friend, and run onto the field? Uh, no, because they'll the hospital bills when they beat the shit out of you out back will be more than the eight thousand dollars that you'll you're make. right. Those are stadium cops, man. They're like nine. They don't give a shit. They have no higher authority. They're just there to beat the crap out of streakers. They there's forty. There's bored forty five year old guys. I mean, I yeah, guess some cops are too. They can't catch me. And that's all right. I'm not getting into streaking on the field because I, I have a lot of issues with how people go about it. And it just really bugs me. Just like go straight across the field, run into the stands, and leave the stadium. You'll probably make it. You'll probably make it. There's no way that you could get out of the stadium without one of the 20 cops with tasers getting you. So, you, it's hard, you can't be inconspicuously naked. You can't sly Cooper your way. Okay, so on we'll the just keep running onto the field. Well, just say you can be closed, just running onto the field. If I'm at Comerica Park, right? This is fan to fan Detroit. I think most of you listening know what Comerica Park looks like. And I start on the first baseline right above the dugout. Okay, so I run on top of the dugout and I leap right over and I land on the field. All of a sudden, I'm there. I'm doing one of these, okay? Trying to figure out where the cops are. I take off. I run by Matt Boyd. Boom. High five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going. I keep going. Zigzagging between the shortstop and the third baseman. They're not too concerned about me. They just want to play. They're like this loser. Keep running. All of a sudden, first cop's coming from the from the first base dugout. Okay. I see him. So I just lean a little bit right. I just start going a little bit right. And all of a sudden, I'm in left center field. Okay. So we got, we got Jacoby Jones in center. We got somebody else in left. Neither of them care about me. The only place they can get me from left field is those two dugout doors, right? So that's why I'm coming in center. They're coming here. I'm going right through the middle. Then what I'm doing, as soon as I get to that wall, I'm diving on top. It's only like a six-foot wall. I can make it up there. Dive on top, land on top of the bullpen, okay? And then what you're probably looking at, because none of the other cops in the stadium know what's going on, you're probably looking at there's like six rows up there and left. Two of those rows probably have cops, the stadium's like 13% full. So if I got to zigzag and jump <laughs> over chairs, I'm good. And then once you get above there, once you get past those two cops, none of the rest of the cops have any idea what's going on. So if you lost them, you just go to a nice little speed walk, right? Nice little power walk. You got whatever you need. You got your beer still in your hand. Just you're going, pumping. And then you finally get out the door and you just take off. You're good. I mean – that's certainly a lot of chaos. I tell you what I would do. I would hang out on the field, and when they came for me, I would draw my katana, and I would use that to ward off several security guards at once, deflecting their bullets at me when they fire them. I forgot about my katana. Sorry. So, That's a rookie mistake. It's a rookie right. mistake to forget that you sheathed your katana in a safe place for just this scenario. Or, and I'm only going to do this one quickly, but if you went right field instead of left field, as soon as you get over the wall, there's a tunnel that leads straight out the stadium. That's the move. 
Ooh. <laughs> This is uh, this is gonna this is gonna be premeditated. You're gonna yeah. Have anybody to watching the show, if you wanna if you wanna offer me fifteen thousand dollars to pull this off, only if I pull it off, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Violate YouTube service agreements for like uh, soliciting, maybe. Not enough. Okay. So. <laughs> oh. You want to do some over unders? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. All right. Well, as we said, uh, as we've said before, the the NFL season is about eight weeks away from kickoff. Maybe a little bit less at this point. I haven't done the exact math, uh, but I think we're finally getting ready for a little bit of fantasy football talk and a little bit of standings talk and who's going to do what, who's going to go where. Uh, and I think the perfect place to start with that is over unders. Now, this isn't something that we do super quick, so we're doing the NFC this week. You want to see the AFC, make sure you come back same spot next week, either here, Apple iTunes podcast, look for us on Twitter at fan to fan Detroit, and you will find it. AFC will be next week. Uh, but as you know, a Detroit podcast, and I know most of you watching our Lions fans, we are going to start with the NFC. We're just going to jump right into it. Uh, we did this for basketball. Real quick, I want to say that uh, this the what I'm going to be using, I don't know if you're going to be using the same thing, but the numbers are pretty close. I'm going to be using just like a sports center article. Uh, all that are like chalk, whatever they call it, sportscenter.com or ESPN.com slash chalk, where they do their gambling stuff where they have uh, over-unders for all 32 teams. It's as of April 16th, but it's just easier for my eyeballs. Okay, well, then we'll go, off, we'll go off yours for the whole thing because mine's like just Vegas. The numbers are the same. I just wanted to... The numbers are the same. I just, uh, I just wanted to... Why... Do you hear this? Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? I don't I know. What, is, what are you doing? What are did I say? <laughs> what are you well, doing on you, your computer there, bud? Listening to classical music, man. Sounds like an advertisement. You know what I've been running into a lot lately? Weird phone game advertisements. Like uncomfortably weird. Like sexual? or uh, like So there's sexual or there's one this girl at work showed me today where this little cartoon chick is holding a pregnancy test and she hey, hugs it. Stop. <laughs> she hugs it and she's so happy that she tested positive for her pregnancy. And then she tells what appears to be her husband. But hey, Google, stop. <laughs> she tells what appears to be her husband, Ooh, I'm pregnant. So this lady at my work downloaded the game. And what the game turned out to be was a gardening game. And the husband that you thought got you pregnant was your next door neighbor and he had no romantic relationship with you at all. You haven't run into any of those recently? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I you don't play like you don't play enough shitty phone games. Yeah, right. Well, you know advertising is native or whatever now, but uh, I thought you were going to talk about those games where it's like your avatar and then like a pool of lava and then a pile of gold and then three keys in between. And you must open the keys a certain way so as to reach the gold or you burn alive. I see a lot of those. Uh, I play those when I see them. I'm not even maybe alive. you should stop watching so much hentai. <laughs> <laughs> only, on, only on my iPhone games, okay? It's just it sneaks up every once in a while. All right, let's start with the so NFC you East. You want some over unders? <laughs> yeah, at some point. Uh, let's start with the NFC East. Um, I want to go off your numbers though, so so you kind of you kind of lead us here. You have the they're in your inbox or whatever. We you have them. 
Which uh, is the the Twitter DM that if it ever leaks will ruin years in my life, probably oh. mine more. Oh, oh, oh no, I think you're lying to me. I don't have anything here. How long yeah. ago did you say? Aha, I found it. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna let's start with uh, let's start with the. NFC East. The NFC East is what we'll do first. We'll do the North at the end uh, as a little, uh, as a little, what do they call it? Um, there's like a word, like a snap for the way. We'll treat. We'll treat. <laughs> we'll cupcake. We'll cupcake. We're going to do the Lions. No lion. treat for you at the end. <laughs> this is like the most off the rails episode we've ever done. Good. We're on our I think we needed one. This late at night. <laughs> I've been trying to fix my sleep schedule for my job. So like, it's actually like an hour away from my bedtime. No joke. So I'm like a little silly. I know I've taken me, it's taken me three or four days to get here and it's still like a shitload of work. So let's do some over unders. Uh, (laughs) The Cowboys of Dallas, the Jerry Joneses is their over under is listed at nine and a half. I think we're both going to agree on this one. I'm going over. I am not going to agree with that at all. Uh, I think they'll come close. I think it'll be eight or nine. Uh, but you lost Travis Frederick. You lost Byron Jones. You lost Robert Quinn. And sure, you added Gerald McCoy. And you added C.D. Lamb. And you added Trayvon Diggs to kind of make up for those losses. But it's going to take a couple weeks for them to fit into their spot. And they're just not as good of players. You lost possibly one of the best O-linemen in the league possibly the best corner in the league and one of the best D linemen in the league. And you replaced it with slightly washed up Gerald McCoy and then two rookies. Um, So that's going to take a little while. On top of that, you now have overpaid Amari Cooper, overpaid Ezekiel Elliott. Not that they're not really good in some of the best at their position, but you can't pay both. You don't want to pay really either a wide receiver or a running back that much money. And you sure as hell cannot pay both. Uh, So I think what that'll cause is like a little bit of friction with Dak being that he didn't get his money, and now he sees the billion-dollar contract Patrick Mahomes just got. And I just think it'll take him a couple weeks to really get it going. And if they have one injury out of their core three on offense, the season's done. Uh, So I'm going to say they win nine games, and I am going to go under. I like 10 games for the over. I think they're going to score like 30 points a game. I just think they're going to be – it's their roster. It's a real Stars and Scrubs roster, that's for sure. Well, that receiving quarter is nasty. There, I think Dak's going to be so pissed. I it, mean, Dak's going to get the money top. this year. It, he got franchised, right? So it's going to be like $31.5 million. You know, I I only feel so bad for quarterbacks when that happens. I feel a little bad. Oh, no, I, I get it, but it's football. You know, you want your extended deal. The franchise tag is kind of a scam as it is. Um, it just dawned on me that Patrick Mahomes has like the GDP of a small European country. <laughs> yeah pretty ridiculous pretty ridiculous uh oh. so you're you're over i'm under and by the way for everybody watching we did this with basketball at the start of the year i haven't even told you this yet a couple days ago i went back and like did the math for oh, all of them yeah. i did the math for all of them to like if they played a full season at their current pace and you beat me by two teams Oh, I did. Fuck you. Yeah, how what, uh, how did we do? We do poorly though. I think no, I we kicked we ass. Oh, we cool. Kicked yeah. Ass. yeah. Like, Band oh, like, Detroit, we like 60, 67% <laughs> for you and like oh. a little bit under that for me. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. You know what I was wrong about though was the Spurs. Yeah. Guess what I was right about. 
Disperse. Disperse. It only took four years. You want to do some over-unders? Yeah, let's do some over-unders. Next in the division, uh, Philly. Nine and a half. Nine and a half for Philly. Uh, I have the over for Philly as well, but I don't love it. Don't love it. But I have the over. So there is really just one question here, right? And it's can Carson Wentz play a full season? I know you added Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts isn't winning you 10 games if he was to play. Uh, So can Carson Wentz make it through a full season? If yes, then I would say over. But I don't have that faith in him at all, so I'm going to go under. Not to mention the fact they really haven't added any wide receiver help. Um, And they had the option to in the draft. They really could have done it. This was one of the deepest wide receiver drafts ever. They could have put together a good package for New Hopkins. I mean, the the Cardinals gave up nothing for New Hopkins. You're telling me that the Eagles couldn't have beat that? I don't think that the Eagles had a chance to offer for that. That's I those do, deals like that. I always assume are the Texans aren't saying that he's for sale. The Texans have a player they want and they went and got him. Okay, that's fair. Um, now the one thing they really have going for them is that pass defense, which ranked 22nd in the league last year added Darius Slay, one of the best cornerbacks yeah. in the league. Um, so, again, if Carson wants to stay healthy, Darius I would go Slay over. as not elite. Shut up, Matt Patricia. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I'm going to go under, but, again, it's just because of a lack of faith with Carson Wentz. Not in his ability, but in his health. We're going on three straight years where he can't finish the season. It seems like every time he gets into a game, his shoulder is getting slammed into the ground. And with quarterbacks, you know, they can't be hit as it is. So if he's getting hurt this often without really being able to get hit, I don't know if he's going to make it 16 games. So I am going to go under. I like uh, every year I feel like the Eagles halfway through the season make a really good trade that makes their roster better. Uh, so as it's as it's compiled now, it's probably an eight or nine win roster. But I don't think that they're done yet. I think that they could still end up with Jadavian Clowney. I think they could still end up with any of the other higher name, Everson Griffin, and all the other free agents that are out there. Uh, but as it's comprised now, I think it's a nine win team. And I'm counting on the fact that the Eagles have a very good uh, kind of front office situation that will propel them to 10 wins. Okay. So if you're going with the over, I think you're banking on them not being done. So like I said, not confident, not my favorite. Uh, the Giants for five and a half. Over all day. Really? Yes. Um, Year two of Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones at least showed a little bit, at least showed that you can think of him as maybe possibly one day being a franchise quarterback. I don't think any of us think as lowly of him as we did when he got drafted, which was what the hell are these guys doing? Uh, He really looked good. He really looked like a young Eli last year. And I know, once again, that's the easy comparison to make, but he looked like the young Eli. Um, On top of that, they had one of the best first two rounds of this NFL draft out of anybody. They added a stud offensive tackle in Andrew Thomas, and they added Xavier McKinney to really hopefully lock up that safety position with Jabril Peppers. Um, So I'm going to go over. I think they could come close to seven if Saquon Barkley just goes absolutely bananas, which is what I am fully 100% 100 expecting him to do. It's year three. It's time for him to turn into – no debate, the best running back in the league. I mean, the guy had 1,300 all-purpose yards last year in 13 games. He's just an absolute monster. So I'm going to say at least six, but as many as eight for the Giants. They'll be kind of a surprise team this year. Uh, I mean, you've swayed me a little bit. Uh, 
I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. I thought he had like two good games and some really bad ones mixed in between those. Uh, had a couple really nice plays. Really seems, I guess the Eli Manning thing makes sense because he's kind of got that like kind of clutch X factor thing going for him. But I, I just don't see the talent around him being there. Uh, the skill position players on their team uh, haven't always been the healthiest. Quan Barkley's great. But I think as we've seen time and time again, a run dominant, like bell cow back situation like that has a, a really hard ceiling on it when your quarterback isn't that good. They'll put nine guys in the box. You know, who's he throwing to? Uh, I just I, I just don't quite see it. I don't really believe in Gettleman either as a coach. Uh, I don't trust that for an office. There's too many question marks for me to want to bet the over on this. Okay. So we've disagreed on every team so far, uh, which is surprising. I I kind of thought we'd be. Usually we're we're pretty close. Usually we're we're pretty close to each other. Yep. Uh, the Washington team that plays football in Washington D.C. Uh, their listed over under is four and a half, and I am going under purely out of spite. Under all day, they're going to be the worst. They're going to be the worst team in football. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback. Under. Yeah. Next. Next. That's my uh, Tony Kornheiser. Next. <laughs> uh, oh, we're done with that division. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we can do – we're going to do the NFC South. I'm there. We're do the NFC South. I do. Okay. The Saints at 10 and a half. Under. Oh, I thought we were going to disagree, but I agree. Under. Uh, it's just 10 and a half feels like a lot for a team with an old quarterback. Honestly, like, I don't care who it is. I'm not going to feel super confident betting over 10 and a half ever. Um, we've seen, as you've talked about on the show before, and you've stood by this for the entirety of how long I've known you, that Drew Brees is a first half quarterback and not a first half of game, first half of the season. And he slowly falls down further and further. Now, their one hope is that they're in a division with two teams that could both, in my opinion, win less than six games. Um, so they should sweep those two matchups. But still, then they still got to go six and two if they lose both to the Bucks. They got to go six and two outside of their division, or if they split the Bucks seven and three, or yes, yeah, seven and whatever. Um, so I'm going to go under. I just don't. I think this might be the year we finally see the Saints dynasty. They still might make the playoffs, but we're really going to see the downward arc of this dynasty, or not dynasty, but very successful franchise for a very long time. We're really going to see the train kind of sort to come off the tracks, and the downward slope is going to get a little steep. I don't think it's an insult at this point. You know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been doing insane things for like a decade, maybe longer now. So 15 years. So, uh, but I agree that the talent just isn't there. I feel like for 11 wins, uh, especially on the defensive end, it's just tough. It's just tough to be that good for that long without eventually winning. Like if they win 10 games, if they go 10 and six, I think we would both go, damn, good job. Great season. Yeah. that's not what this is. So, and that's the thing. I don't expect the Saints to win six games this year. They could definitely yeah. win ten, and they could. I wouldn't be super shocked if they won eleven. I just, as far as betting goes, I'm not going to put the money on a team going eleven and five. That kind of has been doing the same thing for a very long time, and their quarterback's older. He's a little bit less healthy, um, and they haven't added a ton of talent on offense. So, yeah, they have like they have like the same talent that they've had. You know, and I right. think that they're kind of approaching the ceiling with that specific group of talent. 
Uh, maybe Taysom Hill has more, but I mean, the, I think the secret is out on Taysom Hill that he's like 28 years old and he's never really been that great. So yeah, he's a gadget player, you know, he's like, um, the Lions and Pats. If they want to win 11 games next year, Alvin Kamara has to like compete for the MVP. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So who we got next? Uh, the Panthers. I think the next I'm going under on the Panthers five and a half. Man, you are just wrong on me today. I'm going over with the Panthers. What? Uh, I really just think Christian McCaffrey wins you three games, and then you find another three on an NFL schedule. Um, this team isn't good. This team isn't great. Uh, but I think they're going to win six games on the dot, and you're going to have Christian McCaffrey to thank for that. A uh, little bit of a breath of fresh air, breath of fresh air with this franchise. You got Matt Rule. Um, you're obviously new quarterback, a worse quarterback, uh, but you're you're kind of getting into a new era of Panthers football. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to show up just as much, if not more as how he did last year. I think that they're the team most likely to send their best corner to a playoff team for a third round pick. Uh, I just, if you're the Panthers, it's a reload year, you know, you're changing everything. You're changing the culture of your team. You're changing the way that they, that the NFL perceives your team, the image of your team, the players in your team, all of it's brand new. So I, I don't think that there's any shame in going five and 11 or four and 12 this year. I really don't. Uh, you can lock up potentially a franchise QB next year with the number one pick in uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I think you and I both agree is a sure thing, right? I mean, that's as close sure, as it gets. Sure thing. As, as close, close as, it gets. as it gets. I mean, he's been, he's proved it every day since he was a freshman in college. So, uh, you know, it's like the Dolphins last year. You know, it's not bleak. It's just not, they're just not good today right now. So right. I think they win five games. I don't think they care. And I think next year the Panthers could win very easily eight games. And I think that we're best to evaluate them next year. Okay. That's fair. You, you swayed me quite a bit there, but there's just, it's just, I'm riding the, the CMC Christian McCaffrey bandwagon until the wheels fall off. CMC music machine. Uh, Falcons seven and a half. I'm having a real hard time with this team. Okay. I know they lost Devontae Freeman and they lost Desmond Trufant and they lost Vic Beasley, but they also added Todd Gurley and they added Hayden Hurst and they added Dante Fowler. Um, so I think they can be good. And I think seven or eight wins is probably right around where they'll end up. Uh, but I will never believe in $150 million Matt Ryan or the, the roster you're able to construct around $150 million, Matt Ryan, enough to pick the over. So I'm going Not to go the under. Yeah, he had two years where I really believed in the guy. I'm going to go under, but I think it'll be six or seven wins. The core of that team is past its prime. And I mean that on every sense of every level. For yeah, I mean – what's your best case scenario with Todd Gurley? He's not reaching what he was doing two years ago. You can hopefully yeah. best case scenario is what? 75% of that probably. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Catches 50 balls runs. I don't know. I don't even know how many carries you can give him at this point. Is it 200 carries. Is that how many carries he gets in the season? Now? 100, 160, 10 a game. Yeah. So Maybe I, I, touches. So. And and actually, because I think we'll probably do, we might do fantasy, some fantasy stuff next week or the week after, pretty shortly here. I actually don't hate Todd Gurley for fantasy. I think he might get some points, and I think he's a pretty decent value. But if we're talking real-life football winning games, I 
I don't see any way that all of a sudden Matt Ryan come, comes back and is better than he was three years ago. I just don't. I just don't see it. Same thing with Julio Jones. You know, yeah. they're just yeah. the, the the cleansing the cleansing fire is coming for the Falcons, and perhaps they will be reborn as phoenixes. But Ooh. the cleansing fire is coming. <laughs> Thank all right, you. So we're both oh. under on the Falcons. Is that the first one we've agreed on? Uh, the Saints, Saints oh, yeah. and Falcons, we've agreed on. So what do we got so, in the last? The the polarizing uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh yeah, oops, I forgot we didn't do those. Uh, their over under is set at nine, and I over. want the over. Over, yeah, I want the over for sure. How many years in wins. a row? How many years in a row are we going to have to hear national media and local media talk about how old Tom Brady is? Guess what, guys? Tom Brady's been old for a decade. He's been old for a decade, and he's gotten no worse. Sure, he kind of sucked last season. Who the hell was he throwing to? Nobody. Who the hell is he throwing to this year? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. Okay, and I just saw a video of Rob Gronkowski today. Dude looks at in better shape than he ever was in during an, his NFL career. Not to mention, he probably feels like a million bucks. He didn't spend last year getting his ass beat on Sunday. Probably feels great. This offense is going to be the second, either the best or the second best offense in football. And not to mention, everybody, they might add Antonio Brown. Over. They, they're going to win 12 games. Uh, the thing about Antonio Brown, and I think I've mentioned it before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on, on the show, but there's an, Antonio Brown will have to pay a price for his shenanigans in the form of, I'm sure a six to eight game suspension. So adding Antonio Brown is going to, is going to be a later, is it going to be a later season move Good. if they do it? And I don't know. I don't know like what the deal is with like the off front office, you know, what their belief in Tom Brady is, but I don't think that Antonio Brown would be the first guy on my call list if I was looking to add another receiver. But No, and it's it's looking you know. more and more like he's going to end up going to Seattle. But number two, I think, would probably be Tampa. So, uh, I think that there's a little that, that there's even better tight ends on that roster besides Gronkowski. I mean, they're just deep. They're deep on offense. That running game's solid. Yeah. They drafted a rookie running back. You know, and it was good before. The defense will be fine. They'll probably score a shitload of points. Uh Brady is a wizard, you know. Are you gonna argue against? Yeah, I mean, Matthew? I'm not. This this team was competing. <laughs> this team was competing last year with 30 interception throwing Jameis Winston and yeah. not Rob Gronkowski, and now they get the greatest quarterback to ever live. Put him under center. Add the greatest tight end to ever live. Sure, he's out of his prime. He's not gonna catch. He's not gonna go for a thousand yards. But when you need a big catch from Rob Gronkowski, he's gonna get you a big catch. He's still the most intimidating player on the football field at all times. Uh, I think Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time, but he's got the most longevity. But prime Tony Gonzalez is nowhere near prime Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I we've had enough distractions without me sitting here and, and talking about Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez for ten minutes. Well, uh, that's the end of that division. The West. <laughs> We're moving to the West. So 49ers, uh, ten and a half. I'm you going go under. first. I'm going under, and 
it's not that I don't think that it's a good team. And it's not that I think that they're going to be, that they're worse than last year. It's that far better teams than them have succumbed to the Super Bowl hangover. And until I see a team like that is just that bursts through that ceiling, I mean, it's just something I'm going to believe in until I, until I'm proved it's proved otherwise those Rams, that Rams team was better than that 49ers team. And they won like seven or eight games and they just looked, they were a mess. I, I think that the NFL is going to catch up to that team this year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go under two. Uh, reason number one being the same reason you said. Super Bowl hangovers are real, okay? Yeah. They're just real. You get into training camp the next year, and you're just not you're just not working as hard because you, you think you're the team that won 14 games or whatever. Um, also, this team went from three wins the year before to a Super Bowl team. Everything went perfect. Yeah. Everything. And that's probably not going to happen again. Do I think they're the best team in this division? Yeah. Do I think they'll win the most games in this division? Probably not. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. Uh, But I am going to go under. I think they win nine or ten games. They'll make the playoffs. They'll be ready to go come playoff time. Uh, But Jimmy G isn't a franchise – or he is a franchise quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback in the league. Uh, And we're going to see if that defense can kind of – make up for that again or if it'll hurt them a little bit more this year and i think it'll hurt them a little bit more but like i said to the tune of nine or ten wins nothing less nothing more nine or ten i'm going under but just barely uh i don't think that they're going to be the best team in their division this year i think they're going to be the second maybe the third best team in their division this year i think that they're just going to regress pretty hard when you say maybe the third who do you think the top two will be? Because I have a bad feeling about who number two would be. For no, you. it's not. <laughs> well, shoot, I mean, this is like, and this is maybe the most competitive division in football. I mean, it's certainly one of them. This division, I think, is stacked this year. Uh, no, I let's do the who what I think the best team in the division is going to be, uh, and it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams, who have an over under of eight and a half, and for whom I think beating that number is a lock. That is, in my opinion, the easiest one that we've done so far. The Rams are going to win 10 or 11 games this year. Here they come. They're back. You know, that. Why? Because there's not, a, they're a more talented team than they showed last year. That's just a fact. They got, super, they got hashtag Super Bowl hangover, and it's irrational. You know, the Super Bowl hangover is an irrational ephemera that exists outside the normal laws of physics. And so I think that they're going to get a nice little bounce back from elite coaching and some awesome skill players. And I, it's just going to be better this year. I'm going to say under. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see the skill position players on offense as elite anymore. You've lost Todd Gurley. Uh, Brandon cooks isn't what he was. Uh, Robert Woods is pretty average um, outside of three weeks every year. And if we're keeping it a whole buck, as the kids like to say, Sean McVay has had one great year of coaching. One great year of coaching. Pretty great year of coaching. It was a pretty great year. Also, that team had a shit ton of talent from top to bottom. And that talent is slowly kind of falling off. Not a huge way, but I think this is an 8-8 eight and eight football team. Jared Goff is the leader of the free world with the Rams, and Jared Goff is not that good. Jared Goff's totally like just above the Andy Dalton line for sure. No question. But I've just become, I've become a believer of the church of you can coach a mediocre quarterback to the Super Bowl. If you have an elite defense. Uh, I disagree with your assessment of some of their skill position players. Their receivers are still awesome. 
Uh, I think Robert Woods is, I think that you're not giving him enough credit. I think Cooper cup is the best slot receiver in the league. Uh, their running backs are going to be better than they were last year. What are, uh, what are they running out at running back right now? It's they my drafted, mind. they drafted somebody, they drafted, they drafted a running back in like the third round, second round. And then they are still trotting out the same two other guys, but one of them was rookie the year before. So. Robert That's Woods very, to me not a very compelling argument I just made right there I know. Robert Woods to me is Amari Cooper on the Raiders, right? Where you knew it was there and he'll end the season with some really nice numbers. But it all comes from like 3 games of 175 yards through the air. And then the rest of the season he's just meh oh. the whole time. Uh and then as far as Cooper Cup uh, he was the best slot receiver once again for like eight games last year. He was amazing. And then he went back to a really, really good slot receiver, but I don't think he's, I don't know if he's the best slot receiver in the league. I think he's okay. the best slot receiver in the league. Uh, they're going to be trotting out Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers is who they drafted. Uh, Cam right. Akers is if they probably- hit on Cam Akers, I would, I would be taught if week three comes along and Cam Akers looks like a legit NFL running back, you could talk me into flipping to the over, but they've for now kind of got I that, see an eight and eight team. They've kind of got like what the lions have going on right now, where they have like one of every kind of running back for the situations. Daryl Henderson's mm-hmm. like a patch catching back. Uh, and then Malcolm Brown's kind of, I think like more of a goal line guy. Yeah. 69 rushing attempts, 255 and five touchdowns. That's, you know, it's pretty good. So it's not bad. Now, let's go to the team that I think is going to be the best team in the division. And it is because of one person. And that is the Seattle Seahawks who have co- taken a couple years off of being absolutely dominant. And I feel like they're, they're ready to get back into it. Their over-under is at nine and a half. I'm going over. I think they win 10, 11 games. I think Russell Wilson reminds everybody that he's might be a top three quarterback in the world right now. And for the last five years, uh, I love the Seahawks this year. I absolutely love it. Tough year. It's going to be weird for the Seahawks this year. This will be make or break, right? Because if you so, don't, if it doesn't work, you have to blow it up. I thought that the Seahawks were going to kind of do their one last ride into the sunset last year. And I was wrong. I mean, they were pretty good. I mean, they, they, they lost to the 49ers by literally an inch, you know, by on a one and a one yard goal line play. Uh, but I just don't, I just, I just don't see it anymore. Uh, I just don't, I, I just, I'm, I'm hopping off now is what I'm saying. Uh, I've ridden on the, on the bandwagon for the last couple of years, kind of waiting to see if they're going to give me one more, but I'm, uh, I'm going to take a step back this year and, and reassess. So I'm going to take the under, I'm not super confident about it. I think 10 games is about right, but you could talk me into nine games. They still, they still can't protect Russell Wilson. Well, well, like the core of their problems haven't been solved. That's where I think everybody's missing the point, though, right? This offseason, they fixed that problem. They signed three starting guards and Greg Olson, who's not the Greg Olson of old, but he can still block a little bit, uh, or Mm, a starting guard and two starting tackles. Um, there, he's not going to play though. Cause they've got Gesicki or whatever they, that guy was, they run a lot of two tight end sets. It's, it's a completely revamped offensive line. And I think that has been the biggest problem going on five years now for the Seahawks. And if Russell Wilson has any amount of time to move his feet and get into the spot he needs to, he might be the best quarterback in football outside of Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to say over, uh, the, the Seahawks are on my Super Bowl radar. 
They were on mine last year, and I was wrong. And I don't think their odds are any better this year. I, I, it's not, I was not, not Kosicki. He's in the Dolphins. I'm thinking of Will Disley is who I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, whatever. I mean, Olsen at worst will spill it a little bit of PT. Uh, with that sneaky, guy. Good, sneaky good fancy tight end last year. Um, it's good this year if Olsen goes down. Yeah. I'm not going to bet on the Seahawks this year, though. I'm not going to make a bet on this. I put a lot of money on them last year in the playoffs, and they were like plus 3,000. So yeah. I'm going to – I'm going to stay a little bit further away. Who do we got left? I, Ooh. I just don't see a reason why this year as opposed to any other year with the Seahawks. So, oh, Okay. Now this is the team I've probably been most interested to hear from you about all night. And that is the seven and a half set over under Arizona Cardinals. That seven and a half is a pretty brutal number. I'm going to go over and say they win eight games this year. I'm going to do the I same thing. I'm going to say eight. Yeah. They're going to win eight games. Uh, as I've said before, I'll say it again. People would be freaking out more about Kyler Murray if Lamar Jackson had been so ridiculous last year. Because Kyler Murray was really good last year, and they're only going to be better this year. DeAndre Hopkins is like the perfect player to add. Talk about teams that had a great first two rounds of the draft. They got a stud offensive lineman. They got uh, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, they're, you know... I think that they're. I think that they're there. You know, they're a year away from being a Super Bowl contender, but I think that they're pretty squarely in the playoff picture. Yeah, playoff I mean, competition. Kyler Murray gets to throw Nuke Hopkins this year, and honestly, how how I'm really looking at Kyler Murray is three, four years down the road, he is going to be what everybody kind of wants Lamar Jackson to be. And that is a guy with the legs. He's got the legs. He's got the mobility, but he also has one of the sweetest. Slanging arms Slanging in the league. Right? He's just all over the place, just beautiful on a dot whenever he needs it. Um, but he doesn't have to run like Lamar Jackson has to run. So he's not going to take those hits week in and week out that Lamar Jackson takes. Uh, so I'm going to go over. I think they're an eight-win football team this year, and I think they're a year maybe two away from being a real legitimate contender, especially in this division where it's just tough. Um but eight and eight could like feasibly be the worst team in this division this year. Uh, you ready for a good Cardinals statistic? I have one. I, I cherry picked one. Oh, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald has more tackles than dropped balls in his career. Yeah, that might be. The, I saw that a couple weeks ago. That might be the most insane what? stat ever. In He's getting their second receiver this year. Christian Kirk is your third receiver. Whew. I mean, they were, they were, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see if Larry, Larry Fitzgerald can catch hundred balls this year. He'll, he'll be more open than he's been in years. A hundred feels like a lot. Rustin <laughs> has Larry Fitzgerald been more open. A hundred feels like a lot to me, yeah. but, yeah. but I, I like your excitement. This might be the, the Arizona Cardinals might be the only team you get more excited for than the U S men's national team. So <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like I feel like I've beaten a bunch of people to the punch on this, and I I'm just really hoping that I'm right. Uh, do you want to do the NFC North? Let's do the NFC North. The NFC North, home of the Detroit Lions. Uh, we'll start. We'll do the Lions last. Last for sure. Stick yeah, around if you want to hear nerds. Uh, the Vikings. Nine wins. Under. 
Under. There, it's it's finally the year. I do this every year, right? I always talk myself into how the Vikings aren't that good. And finally this year I have an actual reason. They lost their second best player, their third best player on offense, and their best player on defense in two weeks. They lost Rhodes and they lost Stefan Diggs. And you want to know what the loss of Stefan Diggs is going to do? That's going to expose Kirk Cousins for the average ass Andy Dalton line riding quarterback that he is. Okay. He's average. He's going to have you a couple games each year where he goes for 360 yards and he does really good. But without Stefan Diggs to bail him out, like we saw him do repeatedly through the second half of last season, which is big ball over the top that Cousins just chucked. Didn't even know where it was going to land, just chucked it. That's all out the window. The defense is worse. The offense is worse. And guess what? We had a healthy Delvin Cook all last year. I'm not going to go into the season confidently saying that we're going to see that again. I think this team wins seven games at most. If you were to give me one push to use through all of the over-unders, this is the one I would use. I think nine win nine wins is about perfect. But I gotta pick a side, so I'm gonna go with the under. Uh it just feels it that team to me feels like all the stories coming out of it are about how shitty that locker room is. And that's a big red flag for me. Football locker rooms are, are pretty combustible to begin with, I feel like. So uh I'll take the under, but I don't love it. So I guess that's two unders. You're you're significantly more confident about the under than I am. So oh yeah, oh yeah, it's the fall I, off team of the year. I think uh, it's funny how that Chris Kirk Cousins contract by the end of it is going to not seem like the world's worst deal for the Vikings. That's how fast it moves, right? Yeah. Um, that's why you should never worry about how much you pay your quarterback. I agree. Yep, that was a big. When Stafford got paid, there were a few. You could tell who like. You could tell like casual football fans from not casual football fans by their reaction to the Stafford contract, I felt like. Yeah, he's now like the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league. So and that'll change when Deshaun Watson steps up and when, you know, and when Kyler Murray steps up and Mark Jackson. Prescott and yeah. yeah Prescott. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, so okay. So I'm gonna give you the team that has the second highest over under, and it's the Bears at eight and a half. And this is an under lock. Say it with me. Let's do it on three. One, two, three. Under. under. And, and why? <laughs> Let's say why on three. Just one word. I want one word of why on three. One, two, three. Mitch. Okay, I was. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play, man. I I don't think Trubisky's gonna play. Yeah. So I was thinking about this earlier. Let's say Foles plays. Then they could win eight games. They could win eight games yeah. with Foles, and that's that defense. Yeah. That defense has probably gotten even a little bit better from last year. Um, but eight and a half, winning that. nine games for the Bears. If the Bears win nine games, you can hold this against me. I will never watch football again. That team is not good enough to win nine games. I lied. I'll watch football the next week. But, like, this team is not good enough. Eight and a half, this is the lock of this century on over-unders. I'm going to put at least $150 on this for people at home. Don't listen to me because I lose a lot. But I'm going to put at least $150 on this. Yeah, I, I, I just – I can't uh, – they have 10 tight ends on their roster, and that's kind of all I feel that's like a, I need to say. That's 20% of their roster. You think Bill Belichick has ever had 10 tight ends in this roster? You know? And that's the and tight end god. Drafted, He's the king of tight ends. <laughs> they drafted – they were the first team to draft a tight end too, which is okay. Also what if they just throw out like a five-receiver set of all guys six, seven, and above? Does it like maybe work? 
I think that it could win 15 games in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, Bears under. <laughs> Bear, Bears under. Uh, the uh, the Green Bay Packers also have an over-under of eight and a half. Doesn't that blow uh, your mind? I'm going over. Is that why? Yeah. yeah okay. How do they have the yeah. same over-under as the yeah. Bears? Yeah. One team has a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers, perhaps the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life. That's the third quarterback I've said about that about in the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the other team has either Nick Foles, who I'm higher on than most, or Mitch Trubisky, who's the worst quarterback in football, he exaggeratedly said. But I know they got lucky to get to 13 wins last year, but not to get to nine with Aaron Rodgers yeah. as your quarterback seems crazy. I don't know if this number has to do with people not betting on them because they saw their stupid-ass draft where they took two backups in the first two rounds to back up their two MVP candidate level players. But, or if this is because the team didn't add any wide receiver help, if you think Devin Funches is going to come in and all of a sudden be a star for you, you're crazy. But it's Aaron Rodgers, And even in last year, which was like a, I have to imagine just a migraine for him the entire season. They won 13 games. They're going over unless he breaks his back and tears his quad they're going over. It seems crazy that barring injury that they don't at least win nine games to me. I they're that that's another one kind of like the Spurs or kind of like the Patriots or Tom Brady where you're gonna have to show me they're gonna have to lose before I think that they might lose again. I'm just gonna yeah. keep betting that they're gonna win until they lose. So I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh so last but not least, the Lions have an over under of six and a half. Uh, I'm going over. I'm assuming you're going over too. Yeah, I think we both agree the Lions are a little slept on this year. Uh, and that makes sense. You know, I'm not holding that against anybody. I mean, let's just look at the offense, right? So the number one concern is the offensive line. And that's a reasonable concern. It's not a top-of-the-class offensive line, but it's still at least decent. Okay, you got good yeah. tackles. You got good interplay. And you got some young guys on the come-up, at least one of which is going to have a little bit of a breakout season. Fingers crossed it's Bo Bushenwells, since I've been the only person talking about him for 380 days. But that's who I think it's going to be. And then you look at the wide receiver core. We're not Dallas. We don't have Gallup, Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. But we do have Kenny G, who's a top 15 receiver in football, Marvin Jones, who's a top 25 receiver in football. Uh, and who am I missing here? Who am I forgetting? Oh, and uh, Danny Amendola, who, guess what? 60 catches again last year. Serviceable. Uh, yeah, very good. Then you look at the running back room. You have Kerryon Johnson, who has proven when healthy, is a very good running back in the NFL. And if you can only if you only give him 12 carries a game or 12 touches a game, guess what? He probably stays healthy. What, what is he going to be doing for this offense? Like I said, probably about 12 carries a game, and he's going to get targeted four to five times. He's going to be running a lot of the, the receiving plays for the running backs out of the backfield. Then you go one step further. You have DeAndre Swift, who's going to be the shifty guy, right? The first and second down back that you're hoping two or three times during the year can break a 50-plus yard huge run that makes the stadium lose it and completely changes momentum in the game. And then you look at the quarterback. Guess what, guys? Number nine is legit. Everybody who's ever played for this team comes out afterwards and says, there's almost nobody I would rather play for ever in the history of football. He's a leader. He's up until the last last year has been incredibly healthy and durable. 
Uh, he's got the arm of a god. He can fit it in any window from any angle. Number nine is the guy you want leading a team with offensive talent like this. Now let's look at tight end. TJ Hawkinson came out last year in week one, had the greatest debut by a rookie tight end ever, ever. Okay, sure, he had a rough couple weeks after that before the first injury, but it was a rookie tight end. You look at Travis Kelsey, you look at George Kittle, they were about 400 to 450 receiving yards in their rookie year, and that was when they were completely healthy. TJ Hawkinson missed almost half the season and still put up those numbers. Then you look at Jesse James, who we all know was underutilized last year. Patricia has said it himself. Quinn has said it himself. That is not going to be the case this year. This offense can do a plethora of different things whenever the hell they want to. If you want to dig your fucking feet in the ground and run it up the middle six times in a row, this offense can do that. If you want to first and 10, launch that ball 80 yards downfield, this offense can do that. If you want to decide, hey, we need a game manager right now, we're going to nickel and dime, we're going to hit Hawk, then we're going to hit Kenny Galladay. Guess what? Your two main receivers are two of the best tight window ball catchers in the entire league. You can do that too. Six and a half with a healthy Stafford is going to be easy money over, over, over. I co-sign all of that. There's no way that the defense is going to be as bad as they were last year. That would be impossible, in my opinion. Yeah, and they've added a ton of talent on defense. Like, they've shored up the middle of that defensive line. Sure, they lost Darius Slay, but they replaced him with Trufant and Jeff Okuda, which is, like, probably going to be just as good as Darius Slay. Those two combined. I think that those two together will be better, the secondary. The top three on that secondary is nasty. I mean, it's It's kind of strange how – comfortable I think we all feel with Okuda I think we're all just kind of in this thing that he's going to come in next year and he's going to be one of the best corners in football like right right away which is not something you see and I'm not talking top three or top five but top 15 top 20 by the end of the year and that's not something I thought I would ever say ever about a rookie corner I don't think he'll be there until next year but I think he'll be a really good second corner behind Trufant who's going to be the number one corner I just think that he's coming into like a very good situation for him. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that are going the right way. But you're right. There's a lot more depth in the defense this year. I agree with you on the offensive line, your assessment of it, and what needs to happen with it. Uh, if Big V comes through, if that contract ends up being worth the money, then I think it's going to be a really good offensive line. It's a younger offensive line. Uh, it's got some – it's mobile. If somebody goes down, I think they've got guys who can play different positions. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a good football team, man. I think yeah. it's a good football team. It's, I think it's it, a football team at minimum. And let's not let's not forget, people are sleeping on Taylor Decker. The last eight games of the season last yeah. year, Taylor Decker was phenomenal. I mean, as far as pass blocking, pro football focus, I think, had him like eighth in the league. Uh, he was amazing. Um, so this team, it, it, the only thing that could possibly stand in its way is Matt Patricia. Or a Stafford injury. Those are the two things on the list. Yeah, and I mean, even I mean, Chase Daniels is a perfectly good backup. I think you could win a few games with Chase Daniels until Stafford. A little comes overpaid, back, you know? A little overpaid, Whatever. but I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I know that like all football contracts this year are going to be for quarterbacks are going to be like wildly all over the place because you've got on the high end Patrick Mahomes is four hundred and fifty million dollars, and on the low end Cam Newton's veteran minimum or whatever he signed, but. I think that like to lock in your backup quarterback with like a really solid guy who people know is good at a certain level. I just think that that's fine. You know, $3 million. Fine. 
Don't worry about it anymore. You know, no, it's worth I, it to solve that problem I agree. for me. I agree. I'm happy with Chase Daniel as the backup. Um, last thing I want for over unders, it's not even an over under. Uh, I want you to pick your team that comes out of the NFC. I don't want to hear your AFC team until next week, but I want to know what team you have coming out of the NFC and going to the Super Bowl. Go into the Super Bowl. Can I say the Cardinals? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think it could be the Rams. I like the Rams. Uh, it's the NFC is kind of weird. I feel like because there's no elite team, but there's a bunch of really good teams. Uh, I don't really love any of these teams. Uh, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with the Rams. And then I might be interested in Philly, depending on how their season goes. Okay. Uh, if Philly gets uh, uh, Davy and Clowney, I mean, we we gotta do some evaluating because that Eagles team plus Damian Clowney would be, Absurd. in my opinion, a, certainly a Super Bowl contending team. You got it. The only thing they would need is to add one more wide receiver to that team. I'm gonna go with. I am hopping. Really? Up, I'm hopping on the Walker, and I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, he's bringing yeah. them all the way. I know everybody wants to have this pessimistic attitude. That offense is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Weeks from them first. I just want to see. I just want to see what it looks like. Uh, you know, Tom. Seriously, Tom Brady wasn't that great last year. He really yeah, wasn't. That, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But I want to see. I want to see like two weeks of play from the Buccaneers before I make any assessments on them. They're they're kind of in the sports media zone where there's no way to get like a unbiased, totally normal take on them right now. Yeah, they're, everybody's too emotional, and I, I I would for me the Buccaneers are a stay away team for the first couple of weeks until I know what's going on out there. I'm very too emotional about them because I'm very excited that I finally get to root for Tom Brady for the first time in my entire life because I was born right after he got out of Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan, but I don't care about Tom Brady there. I don't I'm remember it. I get to root for Tom Brady this year, man. That's cool. That's exciting. So I'm going to go with the Bucks. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think it's any worse than me picking the Rams. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is our NFC over-unders. Again, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, it's at Fan2FanDetroit. That's the number two. Uh, we will be doing AFC next week, so make sure you come tune in for that. Uh, you can also find Parker specifically on Twitter at Parker underscore Hammond. Uh, cool. You know what? I've let this go on for too many weeks. It's Parker dot Hammond. No, it's not. What? No, it's not. It's it is. It's Parker underscore Hammond. Are you sure? Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> I know you're on Twitter better than you. I don't even know. The MLS is back. FC Dallas is not participating. Yeah, they got because they've had a bunch of they're which like sucks because they're like the most like the team with the most interesting American players on it, generally speaking. Which sucks. Because it means a couple of those guys have statistically tested positive for coronavirus, which if Paxton Pomical gets coronavirus, I will drive down to Texas and have a very serious conversation with somebody. <laughs> Well, you know, at least he'd have some, some, something to overcome in his career. It'll make him stronger in the long Have you seen his mustache, what his mustache looks like now? Uh-uh. It's, it is approaching news anchor level mustache. I mean, it's a really good mustache. 
I'm going to have to see it, especially on babyface Paxton Pomichol. Yeah, right? He looks like he's 12, too. Like He has, like, <laughs> classic, like, blonde skater hair, practically, when it's long. Oh, man. Who else plays for FC Dallas that's, like, important or set Reg- close? Uh, Reggie Cannon. Uh, their goalie, Jonathan Gonzalez, was, like, in contention, or Jesse Gonzalez was in contention to be, like, a third goalie or, like, a backup national team goalie, and I guess beat the crap out of his wife, so he's off. Uh, there's like an 18 year old striker, Ricardo Pepe, who's kind of coming through looking good. Uh, who else? Who else is on that team? Oh, uh, uh, Jesus Ferreira, who is gonna probably compete with Josh Sargent for a lot of minutes at the national team level. He's like a dual national who just s- signed his like citizenship papers from Venezuela or something like that. So he's a really good prospect. He's really good. He played the national team like in a full game. So what's the deal with these guys? No, they're getting 20, 21, 22. Is it just they want to play in the MLS so they're going to stay in the MLS or are they just not good enough to go European or uh, otherwise? Both Paxton Pomichol and Reggie Cannon, I think we're due to ship out in like literally the transfer period that's been uh, uh, interrupted by COVID. Uh, and I, we don't know how that's going to affect transfers. I would say so far it really hasn't, especially not for teams like like Chelsea has spent a whole a whole bunch of money. Uh, there are a couple of teams that are planning on doing the same. So it'll happen within a year or two. They'll have to sell because they have a t- so many more academy kids coming through that are super talented too. Brandon Cervania, uh, who's like a attacking midfielder, like a 10, played with that U20 World Cup team. Uh, he's probably like an MLS starter level player potential wise, but could always be more Tanner Tessman, that kid who they stole from Clemson, that kid who's going to go play football at Clemson who became, he's like a, he's like a, like a destroyer. Like he, he ruins people as a defensive midfielder. He wins like the duels. Like you get, you get into the cage and the octagon with him and he whoops your ass. So that guy too, I'm super excited to see what Tessman's going to be. Who's, Love, who's the, maybe. Who's the guy who's still playing over here uh, that is going to surprise people? And not just surprise people by being good, but surprise people by being, like, really damn good. Starting in Europe that could really make that late or take that late jump that we see, like, a lot of European countries have one or two of those guys who they're 22, 23 years old, and they go from a mid-tier player to a really damn good player. Who's that guy right now? Uh, Who's playing in the MLS right now? Yeah. Uh, it could be actually. How about this? He's not even playing in the MLS. It could be Jose Gallegos, who plays for Louisville City FC in the USL. How old uh, is he? He's, I think he's seventeen, eighteen. He was playing high school ball. He like kind of skipped a few steps. He's had kind of a really weird career arc, uh, in that he literally was playing varsity high school ball three months ago. Uh, didn't play any anything in the DA, which is unusual. That's usually the step you take before you join like a MLS academy is you play in the DA league. That's like way like that's way in the weeds. But uh, he could be like he could turn twenty and all of a sudden be the best player in MLS. Uh, he's kind of been on like a weird track like that. Some of those Sounders kids, uh, Kobe Hernandez Foster or who's that striker? Or they have a midfielder, Danny Leva, who's like sixteen. 17 there's a lot of kids coming through i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of um david ochoa who's going to be the goalie for uh he's the goalie right now for monarchs which is the academy team for utah what teams like near utah 
I can't remember. My brain hurts. Real Salt Lake. Sorry. Got there. Uh, was going to potentially be the starter this year and then kind of lost the starting role. But he's also super young, uh, super good. There's a like a bunch of kids in Germany who are starting to break through too, like the third-tier prospects. So now it's just a waiting game. Now it's just we just got to kind of wait and see uh, how many of these kids end up being Weston McKenney and how many of them end up being like Ben Letterman. So Right. Well, that's the trick, right? Because I feel like growing up it was always we have three guys that you hope is going to be like what a now modern sure. day is a Weston McKenney player level player. But the trick is to have – 20 of those guys so 17 of them don't work out but three do um it's a lot like i feel like it's a lot like the nfl draft where you've got your first round guys and your second round guys and you're expected to hit on those and you've got your third fourth and fifth round guys where you're hoping to get a couple out of that and then maybe you get uh an undrafted guy or a sixth or seventh round guy uh who also works out for you you know and sometimes every once in a while you get tom brady i don't think we have a tom brady uh but I think that there's a lot of good kids coming through. Uh, so we'll see. Well, and it sounds like from what I've been reading lately is that a lot of them who are in Europe right now look like they're going to be on the move. Like Weston McKenney uh, turned yeah. in a transfer request at Schalke, correct? Yep. Uh, that's a pretty logical one. Schalke's in some financial trouble. They kind of have a owner who's had some problems with some racism type stuff, racism adjacent stuff for sure. Uh, and Weston McKenney, if you go through his Twitter page is not the kind of player who's going to sit there while that happens. He's very involved. You know, he's very socially minded, super smart kid. I love him, <laughs> but he's had, he has a lot, of, a lot of interest from a lot of places too. He's a uh, Give me your top three. Well, he's been linked really heavily with Everton. And I really like that. Uh, he'll be, he won't be a starter day one. He'll have to work his way in, but that's good. That's what you want. Everton has a history of doing well with American players. Tim Howard, Landon Donovan was there for a little while. Uh, and it's just the team, uh, they have a really good coach, Carlo Ancelotti. He'll he'll get high-level coaching. He'll play. He fits well in the system. They run like a flat, like a four kind of four midfield. Uh, and they have Gilfie Sigurdsson right now who doesn't really work for that because you need to cover like a bunch of ground. Uh, Hertha Berlin wasn't the other, uh, Bundesliga team looking at, looking at him. It would be a lot of money for a team like that to purchase him, but he'd probably slot in as a day one starter there, or at least as like the first guy off the bench right away. So those are two places I really like. Uh, there's, there's some Liverpool interest. It seems like you can never really know for sure how much of that's real and how much of that isn't, but I don't love I don't it. I don't love it behind a bunch of people at Liverpool. Yeah. Everton to me, that seems like to me, Everton has, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they've always come across as like the blue collar team of the English premier league, like the pull yourself up by the bootstraps team. And that is like sure. the type of player that Weston McKenney is. So from a outsider's perspective, if you will, that seems like the perfect fit to yeah. me. He's already wearing blue. Just get him in blue. He, I think uh, anywhere Weston McKinney goes, he will, uh, fans will love him just because of what he does, you know, works super hard, makes nasty plays. Yeah, leaves it all on the field. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff you can go anywhere and succeed with fans as long as you're doing that, no matter how bad you are, really. Any other of the big name men's United States men's national team guys looking like they could be on the move? I don't know how big of a name Andy Robinson is, but he's certainly going somewhere. Uh, we're recording he's at, what, with, Wigan right now. He's at Wigan Athletic, yeah. Who is another team that I think is having financial problems? I think maybe. 
uh, but a team that definitely stands to sell. He's been linked with AC Milan. Uh, they finished a deal with AC Milan and then he had like a heart thing and he had to go have like a heart surgery for it. And so it didn't go through in time because he failed his physical, but that's fixed. Uh, and I think he could go back to AC Milan as like a backup, kind of a left back in waiting and be a cool role. Uh, or the other one I saw was uh, I think West Brom who just got promoted into the premier league. That would be cool too. He'd slot in there. I don't know. I don't know if I feel like he's, quite there yet as like a premier league starting left back he but i mean they don't have any better options that's for sure and if they can get him for 10 million uh i would think that a club like west brown who's probably hunting for bargains to fill up their roster going into the premier league uh would would be you know if he if in two years he looks a lot better i think that that would look like a good purchase so there's that one uh, I thought there was a few more. It seems like Josie Altidore might move on from Toronto FC at some point and wants to go back to the Netherlands and score a bunch of goals, which is cool. I mean, I get that, right? You just want to just want to get in form. Josh Sargent avoided relegation today. Uh, played, we were recording this on, what's today? Like late Monday night. It's his fan to fan after dark. Uh, One of those days in the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all blend together. Uh, but Josh Sargent played like 89 minutes today in their win or their tie, which won because it was away goals. Uh, but I like where he's at. He looks, he's such a weird player right now. I don't know what his, I don't, it's tough to watch him and, and really. He's up and down and up and down. And the team is bad. And Rashika is like just such a bog. And I never, it, 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 I just don't know. I just don't he's know. He's a kid, man. Very Remember active. he's a, he is literally almost still a child, so he's yeah, got he's, time. I think he's still twenty, maybe he's twenty-one. So yeah, Pulisic's been all over the place. Well, I'm that's so about it. that's what I want to talk about next, right? The golden yeah. boy, the soaring eagle, the the king of America of American soccer. Um, has his What's ceiling? Uh, I I like the American eagle the most personally. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one for a little while. Yeah, yeah that's back from like episode <laughs> two. Um, the amazing part is, I think we all came into the last year with like Pulisic ceiling is about as high as anybody besides maybe like the top 10 or 15 prospects in the world. And from what I've seen, it seems as though he's slotted himself right in that conversation as high of a ceiling as almost anybody on the entire planet. He has showed up at Chelsea. He, he just, I mean, just two weeks ago, he eliminated Man City from, from winning the Premier League. I know they were like 20 points back and they weren't going to win anyways, but it was pretty cool to see an American go knock out Manchester City from having any hope and then followed it up with maybe an even better performance. He didn't have the stats he had in the first game, but man, he was active. He was everywhere. He drew uh, a penalty and then a free kick right outside of the box, correct? Uh, against whom? Against Watford or West Ham? Yeah, yeah. He, he's drawn a bunch of penalties, two or three penalties. He actually had one where he was fouled but did not get the call, too. I mean, he's had – he's been – in their last four goals, he's either scored, assisted, or drawn a penalty for three of them. William owes him a nice steak dinner, that's for sure. Well, that – that uh, <laughs> who, who was that against when he drew that penalty for William? Watford? Uh, Watford, and he did it again against West Ham. He did it against West yeah. Ham. Well, the one against Watford is ridiculous because yeah. he he's running straight at the defender. He's like 15 yards out, and then all of a sudden he just flicks the ball to the right just a little bit with his foot, 
cuts as quick as I've ever seen anybody yeah. cut in my whole life. And it, it's not even the defender's fault. He's just stuck there. He's stuck in the way of where Pulisic should have gone. Any other human being pretty much on the planet goes where that defender was defending. But the ball is like four yards to the right of him, and he just trips him. And then, like you said, William knows a mistake dinner because he got a nice little penalty out of it. But what – if you could – Either I either want a player comparison or just a deep description. What is the absolute ceiling for Christian Pulisic right now? Putting you on the spot. Well, it's 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 what the fans have kind of been noticing over the last week, and it's Eden Hazard. There have been a lot of Eden Hazard comparisons in that this last kind of two-week stretch, it's looked a lot like all of their offensive production has kind of been coming from that one winger, uh, and it's been him, you know. Uh, I think that they are kind of similar in play styles and that they're like super quick wings and they're, they're just dynamic on the ball and, and they really excel beating defenders. But I think that's kind of a, it's not a super lazy comp, but it is maybe like a tiny, tiny bit easy. Well, that's my next question, like right? If he was playing in Dortmund, would Eden Hazard be the, would that be the comparison still? If he was still in Dortmund, would that be yeah, the comparison or is it because he got to Chelsea? I think it'd be I think it'd be something pretty close to that. You know, it's 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 tough because he hasn't he's hasn't always he hasn't always put the ball in the net. And he's been doing that doing that more at hang on. There is like the n- weirdest noise. It is distracting me. <laughs> Do you hear that? The little woo 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 yeah. What is it? I can hear that through my shut window. Is it a car alarm? I think it's a house alarm. So if he was in Dortmund, would the comparison still be Hazard or would it be somebody completely different? I know the play style is like similar, but I feel like it gets a little extra buff because he's in Chelsea. I think it's a pretty close comparison. I, I guess I can't think of like a winger. I guess he kind of almost at times looks like Mo Salah maybe just in the way that he uses his change of speed to just destroy defenders lives. Uh, but that's, I don't want to put, I don't want to put that on him. You know, Mo Salah is like the best one in the world right now. Uh, but he, you know, he's, yeah, it's not like you're, you put his art. Uh, like, let, like let me try, one. let me try this. Maybe Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli. Uh, I might go there. I'm, Cause he's I kind like of a, a slightly Literally. smaller, quicker, uh, uses the ball, creative playmaker type winger. Now, Insigne um, doesn't have like as good of straight line speed, correct? Uh, I would not be able to confidently say. Uh, I, I would I would fear Napoli fans yelling at me. I'm nip- I think Pulisic is really fast. So, yeah, actually, I'll just say, yeah. I'll okay. say Pulisic is probably faster in, in the open field. You know, you know what gets me the most excited about the future of the U.S. men's national team? It's that I typically think of you as a pessimistic sports fan. Uh, and you are so optimistic. <laughs> about the it's United like delirium, States. dude. It's, it's like delirium. And it's been this way. We're going on three years now of just like through the roof optimism, just believing. And I... I don't want to wait till 2028 to find out, but I feel like that's when we'll really know is 2028. So the world cup's 2022. We'll have a good idea of like how much of this is working out in the 2022 world cup or 2026. Wait, is it coming to America in 2026? Yes. And I think that there's a chance that we do really well there. 
we had to figure out what we're going to do with Gio Reyna. I think that's kind of become the most important thing is where does he slot? Is he a 10? Is he a right winger? Because I think Pulisic's best position is left wing. It seems like that's where he plays. So if we run a 10, if we – if we uh, who who's out of the lineup? Uh, Sebastian Legette probably is the guy who's out of the lineup. Uh, I think it comes down to the question of do you – would you prefer uh, Jordan Morris – on the bench or Sebastian Legette on the bench. And for my money, Jordan Morris has looked like a much better player for the national team as well. It looked like before the season got shut down, like he was really, he had really leveled up for real uh, and was going to score a, a shitload of goals in the MLS. He still might, you know, because yeah. the MLS is back. Tournament is happening soon. Uh, maybe not though. Yeah, we'll see, man. That's isn't that just kind of how you feel about everything? You know, we were going to talk about this in depth later, but I almost feel like we should just do it now, get it out of the way. But yeah. like, I'm I'm feeling like this about everything, about all the sports. The Major League Baseball had 35 positive tests, and they couldn't get their test results back from Friday until today, like midday today which is not mm -hmm. going to work. You can't have three days in between testing if you're going to be playing these sports professionally with these many guys and these many staff members in those close quarters that a locker room is. And it's not a high school locker room, but it's still, you know, not a it's not a mansion that you're going and getting changed and taking sure, a shower yeah. in. There's a lot uh, of baseball players. Yeah, the NHL, 35 positive tests. The NBA, 25 positive tests. And this isn't just players. This is staff, players, traveling members of the team, whatever. But that's a lot, man. That's a couple – that's like over 1% for most of these sports. And we're still almost a full month away from most of them starting. Uh, the concern for me is like getting – every day it's like anxiety. It's just getting worse and worse because yeah, I think I'm – Three weeks ago, you asked me, I would have said 85% sure we get basketball and baseball once they sign the deal in football. Last week, you would have asked me, I would have said 70% sure. And this week, if you ask me, I'm down to like 55% sure. I'm just – the confidence is waning completely. Um, um, but I need it. I need the sports. I think, I, I think that baseball has – it's weird that they like did this ridiculous labor negotiation and it was super – super divisive and 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 really not nice and just not good spirited and then now that it's all done they're kind of reflecting like should we have even done this and, and to me it's it's a little late a little late for that baseball uh you know ethical questions probably at the beginning not the end yes yes 100 percent um that's all i got for that i don't know i don't know how to talk more about that <laughs> Uh, I think that we we're seeing it too. I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I don't know if basketball is going to finish. I think it'll start and I think that we might reach the playoffs, but I, I, I just, I worry about it finishing. We're going to do football stuff. And I don't think football is going to happen. Not in any meaningful way. We might get three football games. I mean, seriously, how many football games do you think we're going to get this year? Yeah. I, I mean, what we're eight weeks away from kickoff, Florida hit yeah. 11,000 cases a day today. Michigan, which has been the state, the one of only two states in the country that two weeks ago was on track to contain the virus, is coming up on a thousand cases a day. Uh, it's just, it's getting ugly again. And I don't know if we have eight weeks before 
I mean, professional sports has got to be one of the first things to go because it's especially football. There's going to be, and we've said this on the show many times, there's going to be 140 people on the field at any time between the 53-man rosters, the coaches and the media, and the referees, like probably closer to 200. Uh, Football seems impossible, but I think the hope for football is that it is the most greedy of all the sports. The owners are by far the most greedy. And those owners, if they have it their way, they'll say, I don't care about COVID. Go play. I think there will be there will just be an uncanny valley where they won't be able to ignore it any longer. And then, like, that's the reason why baseball could possibly sneak out of this and get a full season and postseason is because baseball is not a contact sport. In basketball, we yeah. saw it. Rudy Gobert had it, and you could trace it to three separate teams over three days where a guy got coronavirus that you could trace back to Rudy Gobert, Christian Wood being one of them. Uh, so basketball feels like if you get a team that gets three guys infected and they don't know it by the time they play their next game, then that ruin like the whole season's done because then you're going to be a day behind for everybody. Uh, and what do you do if you're in the Western Conference Finals and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both get COVID? What do you do then? What do you do if LeBron gets it? I mean, <laughs> that's like a whole. That's why the reason they're playing is so LeBron. The reason they're playing is so LeBron can potentially get another ring. That is like the main reason why the NBA and is so playing. Zion can get into the playoffs. Yes, yes, of course. With that sorry ass schedule they gave they're the Pelicans. Like, <laughs> they're like the U.S. military. They just want the oil. You yeah. know, the NBA, the NBA doesn't want peace. It just wants LeBron James to play the playoffs. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the chaos edition of Fan to Fan Detroit After Dark. Quickly following last week's handsome edition of Fan to Fan. If you didn't see that, go check it out. Uh, but for real, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you're listening at home, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Again, that's Parker Hammond at Parker underscore Hammond on Twitter. I'm Andrew Norris. Uh, you can find me at Fan to Fan Detroit. Uh, hopefully this will be up in podcast form. So if you're listening to us in your earbuds or in your car, or if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, we appreciate you guys and we will see you next week. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.